so rolly, not a stop. Why shit don't ever stop? Welcome to Blurge United. Whoever you are, wherever and whenever you may be listening, thank you for making us part of your day. I'm Disa, as ever with Yazzie, and we're just a blurred couple, navigating our way through all these geek fandoms and uniting them for your consumption. Look, we've got a great show for you here today. We've got a new segment. Uh, it's our under and over. We got uh, the news coming up in a little bit. But first, I just wanted to talk about something. Okay, so I got into a little bit of a tiff online with somebody who um, I think there was a bit of a misunderstanding and um, about certain things that came out on the previous podcast and certain memes we made on our Instagram page. Um, what it is is about I'm not a fan of Karen Page on the Daredevil show. Uh, I, I really enjoy the the character of Karen Page on The Punisher. I adore her on that show. And I think I explained it pretty well. I'm not going to get into all the details of why I think that she's more of a Punisher character than a Daredevil character. Um, but I will say that I don't think that filmmakers and the series showrunners and so on and so forth, whoever's in charge of making Daredevil or Punisher or whatever, needs to be beholden to any previous incarnations of these characters. This is to say that just because somebody's a big character in a comic book uh, for in, in a particular comic book line doesn't mean that they have to be that in the same book. Um, this is to say somebody like Karen Page, just because she's a big character in the Daredevil books doesn't mean she has to be a big character in the, in the Daredevil series. She can go to Punisher where she makes more sense. And things develop that way. Now, this person got into a whole thing with me about, uh, you know, I think that she was thought I was being negative and particularly to the actress who plays Karen Page. I was doing anything but. I believe that Karen, the actress who plays Karen Page is doing a great job. I think part of the job of Karen Page is to be somebody who pushes what goes on. She's a driver of the show. Um, I think that after so, at some point of making a show, the lead character can no longer drive the show and other characters are introduced in order to drive the narrative of the show and then have the hero or whoever react to those decisions that are getting made. And then that creates the interest, right? And I think that's what Karen Page does. I'm just not a fan of her decision-making process. I just don't think that her decision tree is aligned. And I think that you're going to either love or hate those kind of decisions. It is nothing to do with the actress herself, who I think is a wonderful actress who did a great job. I just think that that character makes a lot of bad decisions. I'm not disrespectful to the actress. I think that that came, maybe I could have made that more clear. Anyway, I just want to get into that. Um, let's get right into the news then. All right, so what is in the news? Okay, so as we all know by now, news broke last week that uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage are being canceled, right? But what has happened recently is news has come out that the actors who play them, Mike Coulter and uh, Finn Jones, their contracts haven't been terminated and they will return to reprise their roles in some capacity. It is they have not been clear 
about how that's going to happen. Now, what we're going to do now is list in likely, in least likely to most likely scenarios for the MCU. You can also check this out on our Instagram page. We're gonna, I'm going to put together a little graphic for you and we can talk, have a chat about that, right? All right, least likely scenario. They join the wider MCU. Now, I'm not against that because my belief is that these are Avengers class characters. They are... They have A-class physical uh, powers that could aid the MC. Um, I, I don't think we need to even talk about Luke Cage in that capacity. I can absolutely see him being in the MCU. Um, he has super strength, durability, power. He can run fast, jump high. He's a, he's a hell of an athlete. And he's got impenetrable skin. And also, coupled with that, he actually led the Avengers in the comic books for a short spell there. So he's definitely Avengers caliber, and so is Luke Cage. I mean, sorry, so is Iron Fist. I mean, if Iron Fist... If you can... If, if Black Widow and Hawkeye can hang with the Avengers, they have the capability of doing so. So can a Master Ninja who's trained for most of his life to do so. You know? These are Avengers-class people. Um, in terms of their power set. As for their character set, I think that Iron Fist less so than Luke Cage. Um, that's the least likely scenario. I think there are a whole bunch of logistical issues to do that. They already have a set storyline, etc., etc. But, you know, the Avengers storyline is coming to a close, and we need new characters, new, new, new blood to come in there, so why not? But I just don't see it as likely. I rate this as... This is maybe one or two out of ten possibility. This is this is a ten percenter, you know, ten maybe twenty percent chance of this happening. All right. Next likelihood is that they they stay on the show, stay in their realm on television, um, but just join other shows as and when. Right. This is to say that they join the cast of Agents of Shield, for instance, who are on the periphery of the cinematic universe, um, but stay stay on the in their lane, you know, doing their own thing. Uh, this is possible, or, or maybe they go on just show up on other shows like Daredevil and The Likelihood and things like that. Just stay as feature characters, not as permanent characters. Now, that's possible. I think that would be sad, but it is more likely. And the last thing that I would think is most likely to happen is they're going to get spun off on Disney's. Uh, Disney's streaming service in some capacity, right? Um, I think this is what we all think is going to happen and want to happen. We want to see Heroes for Hire. We all know Danny Rand and Luke Cage are better together than they are apart, right? That's just my thinking about it. Uh, Tell us what you think. Apparently, Wonder Woman 84, I think it's called, 1984, 1884, something like that. Apparently that's been pushed back to June 5th, 2020, instead of its release date of November 1st, 2019. No one's really sure why exactly. People are speculating that either um, scheduling issues or because DC lost two big guns in Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, 
that they're trying to rejig a lot of things and that's why it's been pushed back. I'm thinking the latter, that because they lost two big guns, they gotta rejig a lot of things and they're trying to figure out how best to do that so that Wonder Woman is their big money maker. Because they need it right now. DC needs a big money maker, big win, because they've been losing a lot recently. Will Samuel L. Jackson play the role of Nick Fury in this series? That's the real question here. I'm hoping he does. But if he doesn't, who, who would they get to play Nick Fury? Like, I wonder what you guys think. Who would you like to see as Nick Fury if not Samuel L. Jackson? I can't pitch anyone else. I'm struggling to. So please hit us up on our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and let us know what you think. Or send us a voice note on what you think, like who you think would be a good substitute actor for Nick Fury. As well as, please, 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 like I'm actually begging you guys, please, send us voice notes on what you think about my list of unders and overs. I am ready for the feedback. And for the criticisms because I love you guys and I love hearing what you guys have to say even if I think some of the stuff you guys say is so wrong I still love you guys now everyone knows should know by now that I'm not a fan of the DCX TV universe I'm just not a fan of it uh, though I do watch Arrow and I binge Gotham so I can talk about Gotham but I'm not gonna be current events about it Although I'm, I've never cared about being current events anyway. But the Arrowverse doesn't really interest me apart from Arrow himself, right? I watch Arrow pretty much as and when it comes out. But their crossover event for this year is intriguing. They've been leaking pictures and from their from TV, from, from, from the shooting of it. And we got our first taste of John Wesley Ship appearing in his classic red flash outfit. Now, people who know, know that John Wesley Ship was actually the first flash, right? Um, a long time ago. It, I grew up watching him as the first well-done superhero TV show. And for me, John Wesley Ship always has looked like the flash. And I gotta be honest, seeing him in there got me kind of emotional. It was a callback to my childhood, me being uh, you know, seven or eight, and just watching The Flash on television, just going, wow! You know, that was my one of my first experiences of it, and seeing him in that suit again was just like, yes! You know? Uh, and seeing that nice, big, square jaw he's got over there. He's got, he has a superhero look, doesn't he? He looks like a superhero. Big, broad chest, um, you know, big strapping muscles on his arms. He, he looks like a superhero. Um, I, I was just really, really happy to see him in that suit, and it makes me want to watch this Elseworlds crossover event that they've got coming out. I believe it's in November or December, so 
stay tuned for that. Uh, I think that we are going to have a look at that. Uh, because if we're having John Wesley's ship in that, and you have things like Arrow, Oliver Queen showing up as the Flash, and Flash showing up as Oliver Queen, oh, sorry, as, as the Arrow, then, you know, this is, all of a sudden, this becomes very interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in the crossover events. I do I am interested in the crossover events, but I'm not interested in the shows themselves. I cannot watch The Flash. I cannot watch Supergirl. And I refuse to even mention that other show, DC's Legend whatever. I don't give a shit. Alright? So, um, yeah, that's the news. That's how we already know when it's here. My dog will probably do it for Louis Bell. That's just all he know, he don't know nothing else. I tried to show him. Yeah. I tried to show him. Yeah. 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 Gone on you with the pick and roll. Younger Flame, he in sickle mode. underrated thing the entire cast well not the entire cast the four main characters of Atlanta now we already know that Donald Glover aka Charles Gambino is amazing he is so multitask like like he can do literally everything there's, there's nothing I've seen him try so far that he's failed at and I'm and he's been pushing for the longest time ever. And he's finally getting, you know, more and more love that he deserves. Now, for the other three, starting off with Brian Henry. He plays Paperboy. I personally had not really seen him in anything until Atlanta. And my word was I shocked. I was like, who is this guy? I like what he's doing. And season two of Atlanta, where you got to see his backstory more, I was like, thank you. That's what I needed. It gave him more depth. It allowed him to do more, allowed him to show more of his acting chops. I think that he's not getting enough cred that he should be getting right now. He needs a lot more. Secondly, um, Lakeith Stanfield, who plays Darius. Um, hello. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so happy that from Get Out to Atlanta to to um, Sorry to Bother You and, and now I hear he's going to be in the um, Girl in the Spiderweb, the sequel to Girl the Dragon Tattoo. He's going to be in that too. I am loving him and his work. He's doing so well for himself. I don't know why he's not getting bigger roles though. I think he deserves bigger roles because 
man, he's amazing. He really is amazing. And finally, my girl. I wish she was my best friend. Zazzy Beats. She plays Vanessa. And man, when she when I saw her that she was gonna play Domino in Deadpool 2, I was like, oh yes. Like she she man, she did such a good job with, with playing Domino. I loved her take on it. I love her her energy with it. Generally speaking, like her energy as a whole just seems so refreshing to me. It's it's what I've been wanting in, in a lot of female black male actors who are sort of undercover, I'd say. Like you don't really see her in too much stuff. I haven't really. I think it's just these two that I've actually seen her in. I'm trying to think of anything else, but yeah, Atlanta and Deadpool 2. Oh, wait, apparently, yeah, no, she was in Geostorm. Yeah, but I didn't really watch Geostorm. But that's about it. Like, I think she's one of these female actors that need more front role work. It's, it's, it's about time. We need... To see more Zazzy beats, she's just amazing. The entire, like, all these four, I I love them. I am actually love them. They are the best black acting crew. Them four together produce magic. We've seen it in Atlanta season one. We've seen it in Atlanta season two. I'm sorry, but. They are highly underrated. I don't get why they're not being like shouted from the rooftops every five seconds. They are so underrated. And I'm like, man, can we get them more, like more, they need more cred. They really do need more cred. Um, so yeah, that's my first underrated. Now, for my first overrated I know I'm gonna get some backlash on this one I know it already and that's okay I'm I'm a big girl I can take it I'm good but our girl Alfie Woodard who plays her, okay, let me put it this way. It's more of her portrayal of Mariah Stokes that I have an issue with more than her as a whole. I think she has become overrated, and I think the way she took the role was overrated. I know people are going to say, what the hell are you talking about, Yazi? You've got no clue what you're on about. Are you on drugs? Blah, blah, blah. But every time she came on screen as Mariah Stokes, I cringed because something about that character just, to me, doesn't fit 
who Alfie Wooded is. It just it just seems so off. Like you know when people say that watching someone like you should when, when someone's acting you shouldn't see that they're acting kind of thing. It should almost feel like second nature to them. This felt like it was being forced. I I was like, okay, this is not the woman I, I grew up watching. This is not the one I've seen in other movies and other shows and other things where I'm like, this woman is amazing. But this role, I'm sorry, but it just, it just wasn't for her. Frankly, if I'm going to be 100% honest, the casting for Luke Cage for a lot of the characters was very off in terms of either who they picked to do certain in terms of who they picked to do certain roles as a whole like i was like why would you pick this person like i don't get it as, but yeah alfie wooded as mariah stokes overrated to me i'm sorry in my opinion you can crucify me later but yeah okay so then my next underrated this is gonna be like a two for one um this is both these are two shows that I don't think people were talking enough about slash are talking enough about First one is The Gifted. Um, it's on season two right now, and I must say I'm actually loving it. I'm loving the direction it went. Initially, I was I was underwhelmed because I just heard bad reviews about it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, it's gonna be this sort of show. Uh, why am I watching, you know, another kids kind of show? But as it went on, I was like, no, this is exactly what I needed outside of the general X-Men thing. Especially with, around the time that the season one came out where we weren't really going to get too much more X-Men stuff. It was kind of like, okay, X-Men is dying out. At least the way I grew up on it. And then The Gifted came in and I was like, yeah if there's so many mutants that we need this whole you know mutants and humans need to work together what about the ones who aren't famously known what about the ones who are just trying to live a normal life and everything gets turned upside down and I love that the gifted shows that world even though you know Obviously, there's always going to be opposing, you know, views and people trying to destroy mutants because how dare they be better than humans and blah, blah, blah. But this show is brilliant. And I don't feel like enough people are watching it. I don't feel enough people are talking about it. And I think it is sadly underrated. As well as Cloak and Dagger. I 
I too was skeptical. And once again, because of other people saying, oh, why is it, you know, rated um, young adult? Why am I going to watch another kid's thing? And it was same story. But it was interesting to me to see that I guess because for me, I didn't really know anything about Cloak and Dagger in the comic books. So when I heard about it, I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You know, opposing forces of light and dark, they can't really touch each other without it being a whole situation, but they're pretty much in love with being around each other and all that kind of stuff. Like, they need each other. And... Watching the first season, I was surprised. I really, really enjoyed it. I I waited a while so I could get everything and watch it all and binge the heck out of it. It was good. Like, it was really good. Like, oh my, like, really good. Although I, I do worry about if it really will get the longevity I think it deserves because I don't think enough people are giving it cred. I worry it may not get past a season three and I hate shows that do that because I become so invested and then out of nowhere, the show is no longer there. And it makes me so sad. I, it's, every time I think about something like that, it makes me think of um, the show Secret Circle. A bunch, uh, about a bunch of witches, like King Witches or Wizards or something like that. And out of nowhere, they cancelled it. And I was like, wait, but you can't just cancel it when the season finale had like the biggest cliffhanger of all time. Like, at least, you know, with something like Sense8, when after they cancelled it, they were like, you know what? We're going to actually end it properly for you guys. We're going to give you a two-hour ending, you know, episode since we've cancelled it and we ended it in a cliffhanger. Like, come on. Can we please do that with all shows that she's going to randomly drop? So yeah. Okay. Now you know how I said my last overrated was gonna get a lot of criticism. Well, this one, y'all's are probably gonna come for the jugular. <sighs> Is Gal Gadot Wonder Woman? She's a beautiful woman. A beautiful woman. But I think she's overrated. I think because she was cast as Wonder Woman in a time that women empowerment and all that stuff was so important, people have put her so high on this pedestal that I don't think she deserves and I don't think she has the acting chops for. 
there was a page on Facebook, a geek page on Facebook, that put up a list of um, female actors who are getting paid 10 grand and over or something like that, something along those lines. And Gal Gadot was number 10 in the list. A whole bunch of people were going about like, oh my god, how can Gal Gadot be so low? How can certain you know actresses be above her? Gal Gadot should be above certain people, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are you mad? Are you mental? Absolutely mental. Your mouth. Gal Gadot does not have the acting chops to be above certain actresses. I'm not going to mention those actresses because they... They're on point. I'm sorry, but they really are. And they have acting chops. And this year, they have done amazing things. But Gal Gadot does not deserve to be higher in that list. Frankly, I didn't think she needed to be on that list. I didn't... Like, come on. Come on. Like, all she's done that I think gives her... Gives people this idea that she's amazing is Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman, as great as a movie it is, I think it's being hyped up because of the climate we're in where women are needing a a, a quote-unquote mascot. We're in a position as women where we need women of strength in, in on TV in movies and theater and in, in a lot of positions so that's the reason why i think wonder woman with gal Gadot became this thing i wonder if it had, if if it wasn't for how things are right now if we still would have been saying that oh my god this is such an amazing movie that's my biggest worry because man yeah yeah okay i'm not gonna go into a whole rant because i already know you guys are gonna come for me so yeah galgador overrated i'm sorry i love you girl you're gorgeous you just don't have the chops yet all right so getting right into overrated i'm gonna stay flat out buying sports games year on year look this is the way you should do it this is the way you should buy your sports games, okay? I do it this way. I have an, I love NFL, I love NBA, and I love FIFA, right? So this is the way I do it. I buy a FIFA game this year, then next year I buy an NBA game, then the year after that I buy an NFL game, right? Why do I do it this way? Because otherwise you're just getting a whole bunch of roster changes and you're not really seeing any improvement in the actual gaming experience. You can change rosters yourself. There are a bunch of people who, online who just literally change rosters for you. So you can get a up, roster update pack or whatever it is and just install it on your PC or console. You don't need to be buying these games every single year. You're not gonna see the massive change in innovation from year on year on year. It's just more minor, minor things. But over a three year period, you're gonna come back to it and it's gonna be a really different game. I'm telling you, overrated. Stop buying your games year in, year out. Uh, from the same titles, okay? All right, getting right into an underrated, I'm gonna say, 
John Favreau. I saw a couple of people getting down on John Favreau because he was d- doing the Mandalorian TV series for Lucasfilm. I don't know who these people are, and I know they're in the minority, but I still don't think that the wider geek community really respects John enough. Look, the geek in chief himself, Kevin Smith, I heard on his podcast, he described his experience on working on Supergirl, right? He said, look, I'm a director. I came in midway through the project and it's really hard for a director who comes in midway through the project to change course and tone and make decisions. Usually you're just coming in there to do a job that you're hired to do. You're a contractor. You're not the architect, right? But he did state that the person who does have the most say on anything is the director of the first episode. He's the one who can just dictate tone. He dictates a lot of things. He has, sorry, not dictates, but has more input. Who is the director of the first MCU thing? If you're looking at the MCU as a sort of series, who directed the very first MCU episode? John Favreau. More than anybody else, he has dictated the tone, the feel of an MCU movie. What, what to keep, what not to keep in the movies. And you've seen his influence throughout the entire thing. Every, almost every single MCU movie has kind of looked a lot like Iron Man. It's got a, there's no lack of consequence. Things matter, obviously. There's, there's, there's death, there's, there's pain, there's loss. There, but there is love, there is romance, there is comedy, there is fun, it's lighter. It's, heroes deal with tragedy, but they greet tragedy with a smile on their face. And I'm telling you, John Favreau, he's a great starter. Disney recognize it, that's why they're hiring him to do goddamn everything. He's starting The Mandalorian, I still think he's got an MCU movie in him, but he's doing The Mandalorian, he's going and doing The Lion King movie. John Favreau, underrated by everybody else except Disney, and that's why I love him. Alright, here's an overrated for you. Darkness in superhero genre. Alright? Now, I'm not specifically saying that there's no room for darkness or anything like that. But I just think that people are taking it overboard. And when I say people, I'm really talking about the Marvel Netflix universe. And that's why it had to die. It had to end. Because look, There's a term that I don't know if it's a term that's widely used or whatever, but I call it tonal equivalence, all right? This is where everything that you do sort of looks and feels the same, all right? And even though it's within the same world, look, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man exist in the same universe, but their movies are different, or they were different. They've sort of gravitated toward being sort of similar, but they're different characters, and they're treated differently. The way the consequences and things like that are all very different. What I'm getting at over here, Punisher, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Daredevil, Luke Cage even, they're all the same. It all feels the same. These are always characters who are tortured by their dark past and the consequences of their own decisions and they hate who, who they are and what they have to do, but somebody has to save the universe, have to, has to save their, their block or whatever it is and goddamn whatever. I, I, I don't care. Look, they're not the same characters. One of the biggest failings I always thought of Iron, with Iron Fist was that it wasn't light enough. Look, Danny Rand... 
you can make him whatever you want. And there's lots of different incarnations of him. But I've always thought of him as being having a sort of surfer cool, like a Buddhist monk, but like the Buddhist monk who smokes hemp with you and uh, who smokes hashish with you, sorry, and uh, but can also kick ass. You know, I've always thought of him as having a surfer cool and naivete of sorts, sort of a, a positive view on the universe and the world at large. I never saw any of that, except in Defenders for small moments, and that's what they should have used. The, the Danny Rand who we saw at that dinner table when they first met and were having dinner and having some more little shrimp rolls or whatever, that's the Danny Rand we needed to see more of. A Danny Rand who is comfortable in his own skin, who is who could notice the, the, the ridiculousness and the fun of everything that's going on around himself and take it all in and give it all out to the world. A guy who is not tortured by his past, but rather greeted it with a smile on his face. That's the Danny Rand I wanted to see. And I, that's the Danny Rand that I think Finn Jones could have delivered if they'd actually let him. Darkness and superhero genre, look, it's overrated. I just wanted to come down a little bit. We've gone overboard on this, and that's why I'm happy that Luke Cage and Iron Fist, to a degree, I'm happy that they're canceled. All right, here's an underrated for you, The Orville. Look, I heard that production is uh, ongoing, it is going on and on and on for The Orville, but I think that if you haven't watched this show, you're sleeping on something really special. Look, I know it's just that family guy dude or the American dad dude, however it is you want to frame Seth MacFarlane for yourself, but look, Seth MacFarlane really did a good job on this show. It combines all the things that you love about the sci-fi genre, you know, far-flung places, really weird aliens, great set design, great makeup, great costuming, all those things that you love, and great philosophical questions. But. It also has that nice, fun spin on it. These feel like accessible people. One of the th problems that I've always had with Star Trek and everything like that is that everyone seems really weighted down. They don't seem like normal people. These are not, this is not you and me going off into space in the wide world. These are the best of the best. These are those guys from like the 60s who have the right stuff, you know? Seth MacFarlane, on the other hand, decided to put regular people in these jobs because that's who is actually in the military. I don't, I have some family in the military, okay? And I'm sure some of you do as well. The thing about military people is they come in all shapes and sizes. There are those brave and the bold people who are in space, who are, who are in the military, but they're also just regular people. Guys, you just, this is a job, man. I'm just here to I'm just here to do my job and get paid. Keep my head down, get paid. Yeah, I'll do my duty because that's my job. But I'm just a regular dude. And then they're also idiots. They're also idiots. And I think everybody who's in the military knows there are a couple idiots in there as well. And just people who like to goof off. And I like the variation. There's a lot of different people in the Orville. And that's the thing that I wanted to see from it. And he's really brought it through. If you haven't watched this show yet, get it, binge it. It's enjoyable. It's a great ride. I gave it to my brother the other day. He watched it all in like less than two days. It's really fun. Enjoy. Money like a shower. That's my rain dance. And we all in black like it's gangland. Say the wrong words, you be hangman. Why me stick to your bitch like a spray tan? Uh. Mr. What kind of car you in? In the city, love my name, nigga, I ain't gotta say it. She can get a taste. Taste, taste. She can get a taste. Taste, taste. Fuck what a nigga say. It's all the same like Mary Kate. Taste, taste. She can get a taste. 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 Taste, taste
you get a taste. Let you get a taste. Let you get a taste. Yeah, that's cool, but he ain't like me. So, you like the show? Or maybe you don't. Maybe you want to ask us a question, or even better, give us an answer. We have so many questions. Well, you've got a few options to get that done. You can, of course, tweet us at Blurds United. You can DM us on Instagram. Um, that's also at Blurds United. Or you can chat to us directly on Facebook or go to our group there. Join, please. We always welcome new members. Or if you're really feeling up to it, you could get the Anchor app and send us a voice note and you can get your voice on this show telling us whatever it is. Hell, if you ask a really good question, we might even call you in for an interview. How about that? 